welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Um, welcome to another edition to Living with the Disability No Big Deal podcast. Uh, last time we we were on, we were talking about uh, accessible voting Stuff like that. So uh, um, today our guest is a former schoolmate of mine from the Cooperstown School here in Jamestown. His name is Kevin Arhus. Good hey. afternoon, Kevin. Hey. hey, what's up, Brad? Not much. Good, good afternoon, Greg. How are you today? I am fantastic, Brad. Uh, Kevin, nice to have you today. Thanks for coming on to. Just to have a little conversation about, uh, we're just talking about, uh, today, Brad, we're going to be talking about arthrogryposis, if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Uh, also called arthrogryposis multiplex congenita. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, term used to describe a variety of conditions involving multiple joint contractures or stiffness. A contracture is a condition where a range of motion of a joint is limited. It may be unable to fully or partially extend or bend, may affect hands, legs, and walking, possibly speech to a certain extent. Uh, it says the cause is unknown, although it is thought to be related to inadequate room in uro and low amniotic fluid. fluid. The patient may also have underlying neurological condition or connective tissue disorder. So, that's the definition, I guess, Kevin. What what is the normal, or what what do you what is it typically referred to, or what are the what are the symptoms? Well, as far as when people say um, um, arthrogryposis, the first thing they think of is the arthro, and they think it's like arthritis, and and to me. I don't have no pain, no regular pain, daily pain, or anything like that. Of course, when I when I when I fall and when I hurt, I I am um, hurt just like everyone else. But part of regular pain, like, is associated with with arthritis. Um, I don't have that, and um, that's that's usually what people think of right away. And oh, certainly. So it's not arthritis at all. It just has to do with like a stiffness of the uh, yeah. joint. Yeah. Um, Nancy Wedman, that was a long time physical therapist at the school. You know, we, we talked about it. We talked about it all those years, you know, off and on. And she said, what it is sometimes is is there's a webbing there's like webbing around my joints and that's what constricts them like my like my wrists 
and my elbows and my knees and my hips and that stuff. And she said, that's one of the characteristics if you if you take an x-ray of my body, you'll see that um there's um a little bit of a webbing like a spider web and it's around each um each of my joints. Really? So then uh it's kind of like your joints are kind of being held captive in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, that'd be the best way to, to describe it. And yeah, kind of like, well. <laughs> kind of like if Spider Man was to take his wrist and shoot a his spidey web at you and hit your joints, it would kind of make you. Um, you know, have a disability because yeah. they are so stiff uh, and they affect your movement. Now, yeah. are all joints affected equally or do you have uh, more prevalence in uh, like the knees or the oh, elbows or is it different for each area? I think, I think the flexibility and, and the bendability is about the same for for each of them because um let me tell you this little story real quick i had i had facial surgery and that stuff and my um and my doctor says told me that 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 he went um um, um before the surgery you know he goes through it on a practice model, and he says, and he said that once he got in there, how, when it dislodged my jaw and break it, it's supposed to be just the, it's just supposed to be, be, be able to slide around very, very easy. Well, it was really, really, really hard to slide my plates back and forth and that stuff. So. So I think my disability affected that too. Your facial surgery? Yep. So that was yep. to that surgery had to do with your jaw? Yep. Yep. So did you notice it when like when you're eating or anything like that? No, not really. Not really. The one thing the one thing that they did and the one thing with um was if I have to have surgery and and I'm like old school, you can tell how old I am when I say this, but I used to have casts, um, plaster casts in surgery. When you come out, they put casts on your legs and that stuff. Yeah. Well, well after that, and that, that freezes your joint or your arm or leg or whatever, in a certain position, and it's there for a long, long time. Like, and then, and then, and then, when you take your cast off, your your joint wants to stay in that position, and you really have to have therapy on it to really work it work it out again. So, and that uh, that there was a name for it. That and I can't remember the the name of it. Was it frozen joint? 
like a frozen, was it frozen blades in the name of the camera? Yeah. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when they took off my cast, my, my arm or my leg wanted to stay right where it was, and it was hard to bend right away. And so, they, and so, and so that's why, why I had to have therapy on it to get it to bend again. So. Well, what were what were the casts? What were the casts for? Did you have uh, process procedure done on your arm or leg? Oh God, Greg! I tell you what, I have had so many surgeries on my on my feet and on my knees and on my uh, not not my my um my um hips, but I've had at least. Five surgeries per foot. Oh my! Oh, and and I have surgeries on my wrists, and I, like I said, I had surgery on my jaw to um to realign my my jaw so I can chew better. Oh wow! Yeah, and so and so this goes. Way back to the 60s, so you can tell how, how old I am. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and back then, you know, yeah. even through the 70s and 80s, I'm sure there wasn't a lot known about it or how to treat it. Well, if I was, if I was to go and have a procedure on one of my on feet or my wrist, I'm pretty sure they do it completely differently, you know. Yeah, things uh, things have progressed so much with technology and stuff like that that I'm sure that it would be, and maybe the uh, recovery time would be a lot different as well, and maybe it wouldn't be quite so traumatic. I think nowadays it's a, things um, um, things go a little bit quicker as far as yeah. the healing yeah. process. I don't know and, if our bodies feel faster, but and plus these days they don't want you in the in the hospital. Little very long because because I I I have I have heard of people having having major hip replacements and then being then being being walking the same day you know I mean therapeutically yeah they don't let you lay around at all do they it's like as soon as you're settled out it's like well let's get moving it's like leave me the heck alone please for a while yeah you gotta answer this question um what um so basically at least uh your arms and legs are affected mm-hmm. and your and your feet are affected mm-hmm. and your jaw yeah okay all right. How does it affect your your walking, Kevin? What are, what are the I mean how how do you walk? Yeah, I mean if it affects your joints and your legs and and uh, you know hips and feet, do you have a noticeable different type of walk? Is there a stick man? Yeah. No, he goes. He goes. He walks. But, but um, he does. He does uh, pretty darn good. Play. But but I will tell you that my um my my ankles do not move at all. 
they're not dumb. They're stiff. And I, and I walk on my toes. I walk on the balls of my feet. Oh, okay. Because the, uh, the ankle's like frozen. Yeah. 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 So, so do you stand on your heels then? I mean, you, can you stand flat, uh, flat well, on the floor? When I walk, I've been, um, over the years, I've tried to walk, but, but when I try and do that, it's, it's like uncomfortable for me. So I end up having to uh, walk my way, which is normal for me, you know. Yeah, whatever's comfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah. now, when you were younger, what type of therapy did they do? Was it just kind of stretching, or what type of therapies did they have? Well, they did stretching. They did pelvic, pelvic um, rotation, rotation, and they and they worked on the knees a little bit. They tried to have me sit back on my knees which I hated because I was always afraid they were going to drop me and I'd bend back and I really hurt my legs because my knees only bend like 25 degree angle. Oh, sure. Without being so much They don't bend all the way back. I cannot sit on the floor on my feet. Oh, okay. All right. They only go so far. Yeah. And there's been times over the years where I've slipped and fell on the ice. And yeah, they go back when they're forced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done that myself because uh, when I walk with my arm crutches and I happen to, if I, if one of my knees gives out, you know, because if, if my knees aren't straight, and my knees start to bend at all, then I'm gonna go right down like a puddle of, you know. Yeah. And so once I go down, I go, a lot of times I'll go straight down, I'll land and kind of bounce right on my, I'll land, uh, you know, so I'm sitting on my knees with my toes basically uh, bent up against my foot. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, you, you definitely get stretched out in a real hurry, but it's yeah. not fun. And with with me, it's like a, a major thing for me because after after an accident like that happens, I can't walk for at least a couple of days, and my knees all swell up. And oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's so it's a major thing. So I I try to avoid it like at all costs. <laughs> Like so, the plague, yeah. Like so, you need to be very careful around uh, in the winter time. Then, yeah. yeah. That, so that's why I'm so tickled this year. There's no, there's no, no or ice. No, this has been a really good year for people like us who uh, depend on not having snow and ice for their wheelchairs or for walking or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just loving it. So well, we'll get we'll get our snow. Yes. What's your hobbies? Now we heard you like sports. Yeah. Well, I watch a lot of football. You're a football junkie, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I watch a lot of football. Who's your favorite team? The Vikings. Ah. Uh, oh, look at that. He's wearing a oh, yeah. Keep getting <laughs>
sweatshirt, sweater, the kind of thing that he keeps. Let's talk about when we, this is a birth defect, right, Kevin? This is a birth defect. What's that? This is a birth defect, like cerebral palsy. And so how did your, did the doctor or your parents know right away kind of what was going on or did it take some time to diagnose? Well, my mom was really, really, really ill when she had me, and that, and uh, and I have, and I have, I have three brothers and one sister, and my one sister passed away, but I have three brothers, and so, and so she gave birth to kids five times, and I was the only one where she was really, really, really sick afterwards. And, um, oh yeah, yep, yep, I come out, out of the womb, all curled up and all bent up. Is that right? Yep. So you had these contractures coming right out of at birth then? Yep, yep. How common is it? Is it a, is it a fairly common? Because I've never really heard the word until today. Yeah. Well, well, according to what you were reading there, it isn't very common. And um, and once, well, once in a great while, it'll it'll happen to a family or so. But I've never never um seen where it's happened more than one in the family, like like the Olin boys, Paul and Richard, Paul. Paul, God rest his soul. They were both had spina bifida. Yeah, and then like me, I had a cousin that was cerebral palsy as well. So. Yeah. Really? That's yep. just chance, isn't it? Or yes, it is. It's just chance. Oh, okay. But um, as far as as far as arthrogryposis, I don't think that it's. I think I think that 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 it happens. Once in a great while. I think the word is sporadically. Sporadically, okay. I think I think that's what it's been referred to as in in the books I've read anyway. Well, it certainly sounds like when they say it's thought to be related to low amniotic fluid or inadequate room in utero. That might explain uh, some of the problems that your mother may have been experiencing then. Yeah, yeah, that could have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah that could very, well, very easily have been that. And back then, in 62, they were, you know, uh, <laughs> they weren't the most, well, let's just put it this way. It's, compared to what, what it is now, it's, it's, it's like the Stone Age back then, you know. Oh, yeah. As far as birthing and that stuff, I've, I've, um, I've heard of people, of women going in there to get a, have a baby and, 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 they, and they're in labor for two hours and they have it and, and that's it, you know. It's just like, wow, you know. Was your mother able to recover then from the birth? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my mom, 
God rest her soul is in a nursing home right now. Uh, she, 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 um, she, um, had a stroke this fall. And so, yeah. how old is she? 90 years old. Oh my. The mother's 90 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she lived returned. a long life. Seeing that the COVID is so rampant in a nursing home, everything's been quarantined and I, and our family, my brothers and I, I haven't been able to see her the whole since this summer, you know. Boy, that's got to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, mama did the best she could. I think she did a wonderful job, you know. Well, you had uh, some siblings, a sister and some brothers and stuff. Was it just life as uh, as usual, uh, even with your uh, condition there? I mean, nothing was – mom didn't have to do really anything more, or I suppose there was a little more care that needed to be taken for you uh, in the early years. A little more care. I didn't really walk till I was five years old. Oh, okay, five years old. And and Ma tells a story that when she brought me home, she was afraid of what my brothers would say. And my brothers looked at me, and I was so cute, of course. <laughs> oh, sure. And, and they said, well, well, this isn't so bad, because she, because she told them all the, the way I was born and that stuff, and so be prepared and that stuff, because she didn't know how they would react, but... But they all said, well, this ain't so bad, you know. So they took, they took you in just like a normal family oh, then? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They were probably were, it even uh, grew maybe a little protective of you over the years. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, yeah, they're still protective. <laughs> Don't mess with Kevin. Yeah. Basically. He's a good bull player. He's a good. He was, he's also a pretty good uh, basketball player too. I mean, he he can shoot the basketball into the basket. We used, to, we used to play horse all the time around lunchtime well, at the school. One on one with Marvin and yep. Richard and Pat and all the all the all the basketball players. Yep. Yep. So your early years, you were at the school, uh, the Ann Carlson School, then uh, that we've talked about before here. That uh, it was the Crippled Children's School. Crippled Children's School. So you were you were at the school uh, in some of the time frame that Brad was there. Then is that correct? Seventy-two till eighty-one. Seventy-two to eighty-one. Okay, ten years there. I graduated in eighty, and we he's been in town here for. 25 years. 25 so. years. So, yeah. Okay. We, run into, we, we run into each other a lot, especially at Walmart. Or uh, he used to work at uh, Stop and Go. Stop and Go. Now it's Casey's. But uh, he used to work there for, he was telling me today, 17 years. And, uh, oh, wow. I think. You know, he's been a good buddy of mine for a long time. Oh, yeah. so. One thing I'll tell you, Greg, it wasn't very fun playing football with Brad because Brad Brad had this terrible habit of clotheslining people when they went by him. Ah. That was in basketball though. Oh well, yeah. It was in basketball too. And um and I remember how you clothesline Rick and Rick Nelson and 
took him out of his chair. Good and, Lord. Uh, so you were in your chair, Brad, and you used the clothesline move? Yep. Because <laughs> that way they couldn't get by me, so I figured out gonna, if they were quicker, a little quicker than I am, I'd put, stick my arm up because I had the long arms. At the t- oh, yeah. I had, I had long arms. So, he was always playing against us. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be in a chair. He'd be standing up. And he had to try to juke you out. So, yeah. you know. I can grab the clothesline. Yeah, but one time, one time I knocked him into my lap. So I hung on to him. Yeah. Then I get, you know, but uh, <laughs> we had fun. We had fun. <laughs> yeah. So. so it sounds like this arthrogryposis, although it's a birth defect, it sounds like you've been... Uh, You've been able to live a pretty independent life and you've been able to rise above it and kind of an inspiration to others then that just says that, hey, no matter what your disability is, you can still do things. You don't have to just give up on life. Yeah, 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 um, absolutely. And when I first come to the place in 72, I was in third grade and I come from a little town up by the Canadian border called Sherwood. Small town, a small town. town. Yeah, yep. and, and and at the time when I was in public school, I I was the only disabled person there, and I thought I was the only disabled person in the world, and I thought, oh my god, and I and I really struggled. But once I got down here, things worked. Things really clicked for me. That, that's because I think um, when you did come, I think you were more, felt more, I, I can't speak for you, but at least I would think that you felt more comfortable because we, yeah, were, all, because, we were all in the same situation, uh, basically. Yeah, and like, like Brad, Brad walked on crutches and he was in the wheelchair and a lot of wheelchair bound people and I wasn't, so I thought, well, geez, this ain't so bad after all, like, you know. Um, and I, and I, and I, and at the time I never thought of it, but now I'm thinking of it now. It's kind of a kind of bad to feel better because someone else is worse off than you. But well, I mean, it it put a lot, it put perspective on the situation for you. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. Kevin, and that you were. Uh, up there, the only kid, you know, like that up in, up in that small town. And so yeah. I'm sure that, you know, you felt out of place. And then when you were able to come down and your perspective, from the perspective of looking at a lot of other kids and children who had all kinds of disabilities, that you had a new perspective on it. And so it looks yeah. like you probably was a good change for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that... But my attitude today is a total product of, of the Ann Carlson School because I, I did feel better about myself and I, and I could compete in sports and that stuff. Like, like if I had grown up and stayed in, in Sherwood, there's no way I could play football or basketball, you know. So... So it sounds like the support network is what really helped you at that time. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Help to help to build your confidence, maybe, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was also very good. And during practice, he would always watch practice 
when we were playing uh when we were practicing with the uh with the uh, with the team uh we with the basketball team you would always uh encourage us like uh we would if the ball would get away from us you would grab the ball and throw it right back to us and you would sit underneath the stand underneath the basket and retrieve the ball for us and we do laugh practices, and I'd be with Sarah with the Right. <laughs> he would encourage, you know, if we're having a bad day, he would encourage us to, you know, keep going. Suck you know. it up. <laughs> That's basically what he would say, you know. Well, good. Sounds like a real positive influence then. Did you, did you guys have any competitions between the brothers? I mean, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's always. All the competition. Well, simple, simple Especially when I started huh? playing cool, started getting good at it. I could beat my brothers, and my and my brothers were the ones to, that I watched to learn how to play cool and that stuff. And so, ah, a little sibling rivalry going on there. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Well, I think one of the things to take out of this, Brad, is uh, you might want to comment too, but it's just the fact that. Um, recovering another disability, and here's another case of where it just it hasn't stopped. You know, the individual from grabbing life by the horns and participating, and then just not letting it uh, get the best of them. What do you think? I think you're absolutely correct. I think uh, Kevin is a good example of um, you know. When people say, I, I hate to say this, but a lot of so-called able-bodied people, we see us um, downtown having a chair and Kevin's walking like he does. They think, oh, you poor guys. God must have really cursed you. Yeah. Not actually, actually that's, that, that's not it at all. I think he blessed us. I really do because we're, we're, we're his ways of educating the public. I mean, I mean, if we could, we're good examples of, of what people can do. I mean, with a little more patience and a little more work, we can do quite a bit, you know. Do you agree, Kevin? Oh, yeah, yeah. And let me just say this. Uh, of course, I, I would like to be um, um, able-bodied and be able to have a have a have a high school and college career where I could play football and basketball, but you but you know I've lived all my life this way and I don't know anything else. After fifty-eight years, I better. So I mean, I mean, there are days when I'm grumpy old ass too, you know, and not, not feeling the best and, and whether it's emotionally or, or whatever, but, but, but I'm just saying that, that, that we all have our days and we all have our times, but, but for the most part, and I would say 85, 90% to 95% of the time, I'm fine. And I think Brad is the same way, right? Yes, I am. I, I mean, there's days when my legs hurt, but, you know, and, and um, 
grave you know me long enough he can tell when i'm not feeling good so yeah but, i have my days too you know with my nerve issues from the spinal cord injury and my legs might be a little stiff and whatever but but uh you just gotta you know power through it and just keep a good attitude i think is everything God. i got a question for you Greg. yeah um brad told me that so you fell fell from somewhere and got your spinal cord injury or what it was yeah it fell from the tree yeah yeah okay it seems to me like i said my disability I was born this way, so this is all I know. Like, do you ever, like, feel feel a sense of loss or, or like, miss the times when, when, when you were able-bodied? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the accident happened when I was 37 years old, so I was kind of right in my prime. Um, and I had uh, two, you know, fairly small children at the time, eight and 10 years old. So um, I was very active with them. And, you know, we did a lot of things together. And, and uh, of course, that involved running around. And so with this blink of an eye, um, I'm laying there and I'm no longer able to move my legs or anything. So uh, I tell you, it, it took... Uh, quite a while to kind of move through the process of acceptance. And I always tell people, you know, after like two years, you're kind of getting to grips on it. But by three years after the accident, then it seemed like where you come full circle and you've got a handle on it and you're back in life and you've adapted and, yeah. and things like that. But yeah, I can't lie. There's uh, times when I'd like to get up and, and help more around the house, you know, lift things yeah. or go downstairs and grab boxes for the wife. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so you just have to come to grips with it, that you're just not able to do uh, some of the things that you're able to do and just be as active as you can, I think is the key. Well, well to that point, I guess what I'm trying to say is that being that I was born this way and I'm 58 years old, I've, it's been a lot, I don't want to say easier, but, um, well, I don't know, easier sounds good too. I mean, um, it's like easier for me to, to accept the way I am because it's, it's all I've ever known. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to get at? Uh, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. It's since you were born with it and you've been living with it for 58 years, and I, I'm 57 now, and I've been living with it for 20 years now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, about it was 2002, so it's 19 years yeah. now coming up. But, but yeah, mm -hmm. so you do have that whole other life where I mean, I played football, I played baseball, I yeah. ran track. You know, I was active, but. Of course, that was by mm -hmm. by my thirties. You know, I was past that, but still, you know, playing with the boys and things of that yeah. nature. But so I do have that yeah. uh, that past yeah. experience. But I'm just lucky that I was able to be as active and do the things that I was able to do up until that time because I, you know, I had had a pretty full, active physical life before that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah. 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 absolutely, yeah. 
And, and he still hunts. Oh, and he's still fishing. He's still I'm still boat and you still do your thing. Well, right. it sounds like you're getting along pretty good too. Yep. Well, yeah, I try to remain as active as possible up until, uh, well, this last year where I thought I was getting a little bit older. I was still getting the boat out by myself and landing the boat and stuff like that. So things like that hopefully will continue and you just kind of uh, just bust through walls, you know, and do what yeah. you can and worry about uh, how it's going to work once you get there, you know, and just lean yeah. on – lean on uh, – things working out for the best really yeah exactly yeah sometimes you just gotta put your put your head first and then worry about it later <laughs> yeah yeah no that's exactly right and that's how you just do things it's like you know here's what i'm gonna do and um i'll worry about the details once i get there that's yeah. what happened to me a lot is i i stopped fishing and hunting and going out you know, and on one day I just decided to go out by myself uh, fishing and just see what happened. Yeah. About three years after my accident. And I just said, well, I'm just going to go and see what happens. And then I started to go, you know, fishing on my own. And, and then I started to go ice fishing by myself and uh, just a matter of just going out there and doing it. And, uh, you know, if somebody's out there to help you, great. Yeah. You know, once you get out there, uh, if not, then you'll find a way to get it done yourself. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a matter of trying to trying to remain independent and active. Well, that's a lot of good information today, uh, guys. Kevin, uh, thanks for joining the show. And Brad, do you have any more questions or thoughts for Kevin or anything that Kevin I, might want to say? Or I know that I've I've known Kevin for a long time. He's always been uh, been um, very active, very, very positive outlook on life. And, uh, you know, that, that's the way you have to be. Um, I mean, God uh, dealt us this uh, dick we have to live with and we have to um, deal with it the best we can. And I think uh, thanks to Dr. Carlson, she had a very positive attitude. And she taught both Kevin and I it's by example yeah, that there's that, that there's not anything you cannot do. I mean, yeah. see, remember Dr. Carlson had if, if there's people that don't uh, know, Dr. Carlson was a a very 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 polite uh, lady. She knew what she wanted to do. Uh, she had no legs or arms at all, or Hands, again, little stubs for arms. Wow. But uh, she had wooden legs and she walked on crutches. But I tell you what, when she walked into a room, everybody took notice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she really commanded the, 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 she really had a commanding presence. The only one that can stop you is you. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's the attitude we have is and you know, in nineteen eighty when she retired, um, our teachers told us write her a little letter to, to tell her what what she meant to you and that stuff. And I think I wrote a page and that stuff and it was just like 
I could have wrote two more pages or something like that because that 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 woman really really had have had and still today has my respect because because she was on the Today Show in 1974 and she was on a couple other shows on TV. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, you had to go to Washington a few times and yeah. meet with the senators and yeah. the, you know, the presidents and, and all that. So and she, oh yeah. And I don't know if you know this, Greg, but I drive a car. You what? I drive a car. I got a car. Oh, you drive a car. Okay. Yeah, he drives. Yeah. So with your so with your condition, do you have a like a hand control? Like that's what I have in my vehicle. Where I use my knees instead of my my ankle and gas pedal, you know. So. so Oh sure. Yeah. Yep. Well, Brad, do we wrap it up for today's session uh, episode? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, um, Thanks, Kevin, for coming and uh, talking to us today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I I truly appreciate it. And uh, And it was good to meet you there, Greg. Yeah, it was good to meet you, Kevin. And just another reminder that, hey, no matter what your disability, don't let it get you down or keep you down. And you can just uh, cross over barriers and with help of others and support networks that you can get her done. Exactly. Absolutely. It's, I think it's their job to show people that barriers can be broke, yeah. broke through. So, um, you know, and I think that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. When you say, Greg, that bringing different uh, variety of people uh, in, and letting them tell their story, it, it shows that, hey, I mean, we're, we're out here, we're doing, we're living our life to the best of our ability, and uh, we're breaking down some barriers, when, you know, just by, just by being us, you know, so. Uh, yep, I agree, that's the, that's the perspective that we try to bring, so nice yeah. podcast today, Brad. Thank you. And you, you, I want to thank both of you and Kevin for, for all the um, good information and good talk today. And uh, we'll talk to you all, all soon. Thanks for everybody to listen to Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. And we'll talk to you again next time. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleramp, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rolleramp is a global company based in North Dakota, dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. Special thanks to Dopey T for his original music. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.